man. Y'all don't know oh. what oh, I went man. through. Do you have a car in your hands right now? <laughs> Nike Talk was that place that spiraled what you enjoy now. Anyone who brought a, a Kobe shoe in, I'll clean it for free. Man, my was better than a lot of people in the league. I got I saw the, my favorite jerseys, that one, the Barkley, Kobe Forrest. Welcome to Highly Questionable. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Black History Month, and I was going to wear a dashiki, but I didn't. I got a haircut instead. It was a big step because it involved them actually being real about what it's going to take to run an NBA franchise. And the flex that is buying the old Lakers building in a world, in a city in which Lakers act like Clippers fans aren't even allowed to exist. Look, I don't necessarily think accountability is even their even biggest problem, but I do think that they miss Butler in this regard. This is episode 30. This is the Danded and RG Machismo podcast. This is uh, Danded. This is RJ Machismo. What's going on, everybody? All right, so today we got a very special guest. He is from the ESPN Undefeated. He is also uh, a native of the DMV. You got the homie Clinton Yates. How you doing today, sir? Let me tell you guys something. I am in Santa Monica right now. I'm holding my phone in my hand because <laughs> the sun is going down. It looks glorious. So in case you were wondering why I removed, Right now is why, because I'm looking at the sun go down over the beach, and I ain't got no, I ain't got no problems with that. You know? There you go. It's all about the views oh, no, out there bro. in the Cali, man. So, bro, it looks good. Look at it. Look at it. Yeah, that's it. beautiful, bro. <laughs> that's a good vibes, man. Hey, it, it's an it's a it's an honor to have you on, Clinton. So, shout out to yeah. the homie. Shout out to the homie, uh, Julian. You know, yes, sir. making it happen. So, soft shoe raps. If y'all want to check him on social, yes, check sir. it. He's the homie. He's the homie. All right, yep. we just start off with you, Clinton. So you know, just just some random stuff, man. Uh, cool, cool, cool vibe. So, um, so you you graduated from the University of Miami with a mass communications uh, major in 2008. So, what inspired you uh, to get into covering sports? First of all, that's wrong. I left school. I went pro. Just so you guys know that. Um, <laughs> that's, that, that's an important part of what I talk about because when I went to school there. The first semester I was there was the semester that 9-11 happened. Oh, and okay. a lot of people sort of, you know, you think about time and you think about moments and you don't really necessarily sort of anchor them to points of your life. I was there to, I wanted to be a journalist, you know, uh, at that point in my life, I was, it was the second school I went to and I was like, yo, I got to do it. And we get there and, you know, month one, that happens. You know, and I'll never forget that. So at the time, you know, 9-11 was literally, obviously, September 11th. And the football season was two weeks in at that point. So I'm doing college radio. I'm covering the games. You know, we're in, for lack of a better term, full swing for the season. And all of a sudden, everything shuts down because of, obviously, the act of terrorism in New York City. And 9-11 happened on a Tuesday. And I think what a lot of people forget, and I've told this story many times, is that when JFK got killed, the president, it was on a Thursday. And Pete Rozell, at the time, who was the commissioner of the NFL, he did not cancel the games that weekend. They played NFL games the weekend after JFK got killed. And Rozell said, for many years, it was the worst mistake he ever made in his life. The reason why that's important for me to say is because they didn't make that mistake twice. So... Tuesday disaster, Friday games get canceled, Saturday games get canceled. 
we're looking at two full basic weeks until football comes back. You know, it's a long time, long time. And I wrote a, I wrote a thing about how like, yo, getting back to it is going to be important for normalcy. I send it to the editor of the student paper. He prints it verbatim. Didn't tell me. I wake up that morning. I go to class. I see my column in the paper with my name on it. Wow. And I'm like, yo, bro, what are you doing? He goes, what do you got next week? And I was like, noted. We're in. So that's what happened. That was the origin story of my whole situation. And it sucks, but, you know, it's real. So That's cool, man. So you basically for, forgone the, you know, undergraduate went straight to the NBA of, uh, yeah. you know, the sports media. We'll call it. I mean, I went to radio. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, in media, like, you know, talent is talent. And, you know, degrees are degrees. And if you want to talk about your degrees, that's fine. We can just also talk about these other things that are really actually happening, you know, and that's 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 one of those things. Um, college is super important because college gives you the connections and it gives you the ability to, like, utilize a workshop to get better at your skills, right. which is something that is very important to me because – to this day, I got guys that I knew from college radio and college newspaper and just the connections I made. But, like, I mean, just like playing a sport, I mean, what is the degree? Like, dude, you're there to shine, you know? Like, you get a game, bro, go dunk the ball. Like, what are we talking about, you, you know? Go. And that that's kind of where I was at that point. And not, I'm not saying that it was immediate, but I, I don't know. I knew what I was doing. I thought I did. And worked out. That's why we're talking to each other right now. Hey, that, that's, that's awesome, man. Go ahead, RJ. That's a, that's a good, yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, thing, man. So, question number two, man, Clinton, uh, you went from being a news anchor to working for the Washington Post. What was the experience like being an editor to a columnist to a sports writer? So, the only reason I was ever confident and um, I would say able enough to be a columnist was that I spent. I spent seven whole years just sitting at a desk, processing information every single day, all day on the internet to give back to other people. Um, if you live in the DC area or if you have lived in the DC area, you know what Express is, the uh, the you know, the free daily, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But you know what that tone is. And like that's what I did. I, you know, you sit at your computer intake information and you would tell people here's what matters you do that for long enough like you gotta have some confidence in yourself so the bird comes out in 2010 which is life-changing you know what i'm saying twitter's all over the place yeah. i'm i'm three years in at that point you know and i'm like okay let me get my little voice on you know what i'm saying let me let me let me talk my talk and after a while like the voice was good enough that they were like, word, you want to you write this newsletter? And I was like, sure. You know, and I took that very seriously, you know, because I knew that, you know, for a legacy media like the Washington Post, like, you know, you don't get chances like that a lot. And, you know, who you're, who you're, who you're talking to is as much as who you're is, is is as important as who you're talking for, if that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? And so I I was like, yo, yo, like, all right, man, but like the only way I'm gonna make it is by doing me. Like, there's no other, like, I can't fake it. There's I don't have 
expertise in 9,000 things. I mean, like, dude, I played three sports in high school. I covered sports in college. I've been in these streets. That's my expertise. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, pretty small. You know, that was it. You know, and so that's what I applied to everything. And so we started writing a newsletter. And, you know, I'll never forget it because it was right before um, the 2010 World Cup, which is in South Africa. And a lot of my family spent a lot of time in South Africa, including myself. And they asked me, like, right before that World Cup if I wanted to do it. But the funny thing was, was that, so, like, months before that, it was the uh, Snowmageddon. You guys remember that? Yeah, I'll never forget this. In January, I like, dude, I fucking walked to work. I lived in Adams, Oregon at the time, and I walked to work like it was like straight up Star Wars Planet Hoth. What are we doing? (laughs) That's crazy. Like I I put on every single piece of clothing I ever owned. I was like, I'm just gonna do it this one day, you know. And I walked to work, and I was like, it was it was the most exhausting workout ever. And I get to work, and I, I look at my boss, and I go, so look. This was a disaster. How about you let me have a couple weeks off in the beginning of June? He's like, sure, whatever. Right. So the day comes and he goes, Clinton, did you take off the first two weeks of the World Cup so you could watch three games a day unencumbered, not at work? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're a genius have a great time and so like i don't know like to me the reason i say all that is because like i did all the work and i had all the fun you know what i mean like yeah. it, it, it's 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 what it's what made it it's what made it good to me you know what i mean like i watch games with my friends that's what i do before that i played against my friends you know what i mean and now i tell stories about the people that do that as well you know and that's 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 a really cool thing wow Man, that's that's awesome to have that that balance as far as like being yeah. you know professional and then also that you know having fun, which is the 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 good part about you know your profession. So yeah, but what I'm saying is that to that point, yo yo, cats are grinding, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Seven whole years is not no short period of time. No. That's when a mass came to DC. That's when a lot of things happen. You know what I'm saying? Your man Bob got his leg broke a couple times out there in Ashburnistan. You know what I mean? Like it was it was very real. But that was to me. I mean, that's what you did. You know what I'm saying? That's what you, you know, that, that, that was life, you know? And, you know, listening to 980, all my guys, DA, Tony, Mike, all them cats. I mean, that was just, that was life, man. If you're really going to try to make it, you had to get on the court and dunk the ball. That's what I tried to do. So. A lot of grinding, man. Yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah you've been dunking so far, you know? No, no layups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No layups. Come on, player. Come on, player. No, no 15-footers. It's all straight, like. Listen, if you, on the your boy is going Larry Hughes pull-ups. Larry Hughes. All right, you're wrong. <laughs> all right? You're absolutely wrong. That's for y'all. All right? The Larry yeah. Hughes reference y'all. I love Larry Hughes. He's a great dad. He's a good guy. St. Louis dude. But I'm saying, you know, people talk about the Wizards and all this. Ain't no tweeners where I'm from. All right? You're, you're going to the basket or you're not. That's that's how I grew up. Yes, sir. Bro, for sure. All right. So we're going to keep it rolling. Um. So, uh, Clinton, you are also, um, you're, you know, as you can tell, you're a loyal DC sports fan from the beginning. So explain to us um, your love and passion for, uh, for Georgetown basketball. So, all right. So I'm, I turned 40, literally, what, what did they say? Today's the 23rd? 
Is today the 23rd? Yeah. 20... 20... 24. <laughs> 24. Okay, 24. I turned 40 a month and two days ago. And the reason why that's important is because, like, that was the day that I said to myself, to be quite frank, certain DC teams are the teams of my youth. But when I talk about the teams of my youth, I talk about the things that mattered to me growing up. And, like, look, I mean, I was a kid that liked playing catch with my dad in the backyard. He built a hoop, whatever. We played basketball. But I'll never forget the first time that he was like, Clinton, we're going to the Capitol Center. And I was, I mean, maybe eight years old, you know? And I was like, what? Because he would go with his boys. You know what I'm saying? He was a grown man. He had season tickets. That's what he did. And he one day asked me to go. And I was like, we're going to the Capitol Center? Like, for real? <laughs> and, you know, it's just, and he was taking the Saturday games. And it was St. John's, man. And, like, you know, you ride out to Landover. And mind you, I'm from D.C., like, in the city, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. And it's a long ride to Landover. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, yeah. like, we out there. And I'm just, like, the pageantry was – it was overwhelming, you know? And I remember he said to me, I was like, Pop, yeah, I'm sort of looking at him like – I mean, I know what I see on TV, but I don't know where to look when I'm in the – you know, when you're in the building? Yeah. He goes, there's John Thompson. There's our team. Pointing with his fingers. And I'm like, yo. And, like, you know, you see the basketball, but you see the humans. And it's just that, I mean, that's who I am. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't really know how else to explain it. Is that my first experience with big-time sports, seeing it with my actual eyeballs and feeling it with my heart in my actual flesh was Hoyas basketball, you know? And... You know, you gotta understand that, like, if you're if you're from DC and you know brothers that play basketball growing up, everybody you know knows somebody that knows John Thompson, or everybody you know knows John Thompson because he, he was that dude. Yeah. You know, and not on some fakeness or anything like that. That's just how he operated. You know, that was what basketball and community are almost congruent in words for me. You know, you go to the court, you see who you got, whatever. You good? All right, we'll see. What can you do on the court? We'll see how that works for the rest of your life. We'll figure something out, you know? And that, to me, is why I still now, it doesn't matter where I live, you know what I'm saying? That's why I talk to guys like, y'all, Yo, you understand? We build on the court in the community level because if we're all coming together, what else are we doing? You know, right. like, literally, what else are we doing if we're not building for each other? And that's where the Hoyas thing comes from for me. Do I really care if the Hoyas win or lose every night? Honestly, not really. But what I care about is whether or not we're still building as a community of basketball and people that, that care and matter from the district. You know what I'm saying? That right. that's what his basketball means to me. That's deep right there, man. I feel that one right there. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> from, yeah. from that's true though. That's Everywhere. True. Yeah. I feel that. So, I mean, going back with like all the sports though, I mean, you know, like you said, you're playing, you know, catch with your dad. So baseball is considered you, you one of your favorite sports. Yeah. Um, how much, you know, when when the team, uh, the Nationals won um, in 2019, how was that like for you then? Bro, so <laughs> do you know what I was doing when they won the World Series? I was sitting in, this is foul. I was sitting in the actual clubhouse next to Harold Opara. Baby shark. <laughs> I was sitting next to him because him and 
Matt Adams were taking extra cuts in the um in the bullpen or in the cage, like you know, under the stadium, because like, yo, they might have to come on a hit. Howie goes nuts. That was no longer necessary. And all of a sudden, the, you know, the World Series is over. And like, <laughs> look, man, for a dude that grew up like me in DC, I mean, look, I grew up playing Little League at fucking Duke Ellington Field in Turtle Park. And I played RBI like over in Northeast. And like, I played in high school. And you're just like, it took me a long time to really, 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 really believe that a DC team was even going to happen. You know, right. I didn't root for the, I didn't root for those. You know, I didn't care about the O's. I didn't have a problem with the O's. I watched the O's. You yeah, know, I don't have, I don't have an adversarial relationship yeah. with the fans of the O's. Yeah. Angelos, however, different discussion. But my point is, is that like, yeah, you know, you went to games. Where like, I, I, I waited. You know, I was like, yo, we're gonna get a team. Like, right. it's gonna happen. I was 24 years old when it happened, and I've been waiting since little league. Right. You know, and so like when, as a 30 odd year old man, when I was sitting in the clubhouse, like a dickhead, I was not supposed to be there. This is the whole point. You know what I'm saying? But like, whatever, dog. They won the World Series. She's my French. Right. And the biggest part of that to me, and I think there's a large part about kind of who I am, too. There's a selflessness element to why the Nationals won that World Series. That's very important. The Astros were the literal worst cheaters in the world. <laughs> Yes, they were. Yeah. That matters because, like, yo, if the Nats hadn't won that, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine if the Strohs had won two World Series on the cheat? And like, I, 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 like, there were like three months after the Nats won the World Series that I used to get chills thinking about, like, oh my god, what if they didn't win? You know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah. they did, so like, it was fine. You know what I mean? Like, and they downed the cheaters, and it was the only year they were ever going to win. Like, I will not be surprised. Sorry, guys, if I die and the Nats never win another national, you know, never, never win another World Series, because like, yo, they had a perfect confluence of events yeah. that made it work, and that's why Strasburg said what he did. And I'll give a shout out to my boy Jesse Doherty, you know, from the Post. He wrote the whole book, Buzzsaw. Sometimes you're the Buzzsaw, and they were absolutely the Buzzsaw. I went to every single game that postseason covering it, and they were that good. You know, they were just that team that one time. And it's really, really cool sometimes when the team you root for happens to be the best team. You know, exactly. I don't think that's the case all the time, but it happened that case in my life in terms of nationals. It happened with the capital, los capitales, as I like to call them. <laughs> it, happened with, it happened with the sticks as well. You know what I'm saying? Like they banged all the way through the WNBA. And so, like, I got all of those in a two year, three year span. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, it's not getting better. So I'm moving, and that's why I'm here now. So that's awesome. Wow. So, so were you, you were at the Dodgers Nationals game too, right? You were covering that um that I, Which one? This season? No. I've not been to the Dodgers. I've not been to Chavez with me in this season. No. No, no, the um the NL the NL uh the NLDS when they Yeah, when Howie hit the granny. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, I mean, I was in the building. Julian were there, man. We were there at Dodger Stadium. It was insane. Like People walking out, like, crying. Like, literally crying. The thing about that was that, like... Because that was the five-gamer. People forget. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, like... So, people were ready. Like, the average Dodger fan is like, okay, whatever. Five games. We'll get this little series out of the way. Howie was like, how about nah? You know? And that was the biggest hit of Howie's career. Oh, yeah. Not, not close. You know what I'm saying? He upped it the next two series which was crazier than crazy but like 
to that point, it was like, if you watch the replay of that, babies are crying. I hear the babies crying. Yeah, that's my, that's my daughter. <laughs> we love the babies here, okay? We love the family. Yeah, yeah. If you watch that swing again, you see that how he hit the ball in a way that, like, he's never done before and he's never going to do again. Right. At a goddamn grand slam in the DS. Like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, it was outrageously awesome. And I remember standing in there, and I was just looking at it, and I was like, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> don't need the post-game presser. I mean, obviously I went to that, but it was just like, I got to get out of this press box. It was, it was great, you know? And, you know, Howie's obviously a brother who, whatever, Howie's political stances are not really my business, but at the same time, it's just like, Howie's an everyday player, you know? And that's one of the things that when people talk about black baseball players not being in the game, it's not about the Ken Griffey Jr.'s, the Barry Larkin's, the Barry Bonds is it's about the everyday guys that are not there anymore. And Javi Kendrick is an everyday guy. You know, he played for the goddamn Dodgers, you know, like yeah, he did. <laughs> he two games that basically won the Nats the whole thing. Like, bruh, come on, man. Love Howie. Yeah, he paid his dues, you know, like yeah. played, you know, paid a long good career, recently retired. You know, he he uh, he got his flowers, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's a good thing to say because, you know, the whole notion of getting one's flowers is one thing, but like for black players who are not like super superstars, bruh, yeah, he got his flowers. I mean, he went, come on, son. What? what Grand Slam? Grand Slam? Dodger Stadium? Get out of here. That's real life. I mean, it was a man. He went down up, bruh. Like, if you watch it again, I get chills just watching it. I, like, I don't even watch it because it's so emotional that I'm like, I'm going to have to watch the whole season again. It's a whole thing, you know, so. Yeah, especially when, when Ernie Johnson, when he was just losing it on, you know, on, on coverage. <laughs> right. I, I, and well, am, I, a am I watching, like, inside but the NBA? If loses it, you know it's a big deal. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's wild. So that that's gonna be like that's like my world. I was telling me, me and Jew would always say like that's our World Series because we we didn't attend the World Series uh, back home. So we said we always say. No, that's let me say this. Tell Jew, tell Jew to tell you the story of when I saw him at that game. Separate pot. Right. Separate. I'm, I'm gonna get him back yeah, on. Tell, him tell you that story. <laughs> Write it down in your notebook. Bring it the fuck up and tell Jew. And he'd be like, yo. Yeah, he told me to ask you about when y'all ran to each other at Dodger, Dodger Stadium. Ask him that story and press record when you do it. Press <laughs> Definitely, Definitely ask him on that one. We will. We will. <laughs> I'd love to know. <laughs> I'd love to know, too. That's a separate thought. All right, so next one for you, uh, Clint. Um, so, you know, me being a – you're also a Bullets fan, right, before the Wizards came on. So what's your favorite memories watching the Washington uh, Bullets? <sighs> okay, so we got a couple on that. I mean, like – you gotta understand, like, I'm a DC guy, so again, I have two favorites. Let me not be an asshole. My number one favorite is is that when we were in tenth grade at my school, you took a trip to um Florida, and like, you know, the whole school goes. You're on a bus, blah blah blah. And I remember they were playing the Bulls, Los Bulls, Los Bulls. That that year, the year they were the gangster, the last dance year. Because people forget. The Bullets lost to the Bulls in three games in a short series, but by a total of eight points. They were games, all right? And, like, your boy is 15, 
with my whole varsity squad, high school basketball. I mean, you know, we're in we're in this stupid quasi vacation situation. I'll never forget that they were like, if you're on the varsity basketball team, you don't have to go to the class dinner, and you can just stay home and watch the bullets. AKA, I was razzing my teacher like, hey, if you make us go to this thing, we're gonna be pissed. You know what I'm saying? Can you just let the team stay home and watch the game? Like whatever, you know. <laughs> and they did, you know. And like I remember we watched that series in a bunch of hotel rooms in like Cocoa Beach and they played. They were okay. And after that, I remember thinking to myself, like, dog, they just got smoked by Michael Jordan and nobody cares. You know I mean? <laughs> nobody cares. Like Doug Overton, God bless his soul. You know what I mean? Like these type of cats. And like, you know, that was a big deal for me because I don't know, man. Like rooting for the home team is one thing. Thinking the home team is going to be good is another. Yeah. <laughs> and when I when I grew up and um, you know, had a little more paper to be quite frank, like I I I was a season ticket holder. It's twenty twenty one. I guess it would have been three total seasons ago. And I was like, look, I'm gonna get season tickets because I want to show up and hang around Zard fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really care if they win or lose. Like, whatever, man. They're a terrible team. That's fine. But like. <laughs> I f- with the people there, you know, it's a big part of it to me. So being able to like sort of recreate that experience and grow up and like really do that, that was really fun. You know, it's like, yo man, we out here, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows about basketball. We're having a good time. So, you know, like the wizards to me are inexperienced, but I mean, you know, come on, man. Like you're not, we're not, nobody's going to the finals. Not in this lifetime. So they got a it's long a, way to go. They got a long yeah, way to go. Yeah, definitely got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in your opinion, like with the Wizards, with the current team right now, with the Wizards, how, you know, like were you surprised that Bradley Beal and Westbrook is like, you know, putting that gel on together, like with their chemistry? It's going better than I thought it would go. Yeah. At this point of the season, not yeah. better than I thought it would go total. Um, But like, you know, what that means for both of those guys at this point in their careers is tricky because I feel bad for Bradley. You know, like, he's like, yo, I just signed on. What are we really doing? I mean, everyone knows my thoughts about trading Jonathan. I thought that was egregiously offensive, but, yeah. you know, whatever. You got to kind of swallow that pill if you give a shit. And I don't, but I care if that makes sense. And I just sort of feel like, I don't know, man, like, I hope Russ gets a positive experience out of his time in D.C. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that he doesn't feel like it's sort of a weird stop because Russ does things in the community. Russ is a good guy. And I feel like, and I, you know, on some level, and I'm being very honest with you all, I'm probably part of this too. Like Russ will get dissed because of being part of the John Wall tree that is not necessarily related to Russ being Russ. You know what I'm saying? It's related to the fact that Russ is the other guy, you know, and as much as I think that's fair, that sucks. And I just hope that Russ doesn't look at DC as like, damn, man, I should have never gone there. You know what I mean? Because like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's our town. It's our city. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I don't want Russ to have a bad feeling about it because I mean, what, 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 you want to get the 10th seat? You want to get beat? They're in the playing right now. Head all day of the week? Like, no, bro. They're not winning anything. And that's fine, you know, but I, I just, I just, I just don't want to, I, just, I don't want the Wizards to turn into a, a like quasi legend graveyard. That's like not that cool. You know? Well, do you think, and 
this is my this is my thing. Do you think like when everything goes back to normal, or obviously with all the fans coming back into the stand, do you think an office brought in Westbrook for like you know attraction for tickets? Do you think that's no? The- but I think that when the Wizards fans come back, they will be the most underappreciated but best crowd perhaps in the NBA. Wizards fans care. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that is something that I hold a lot of treasure with. Like, I might talk my noise about Theodore and perhaps Ernie, but, like, I get it, Wizards fans. You know what I'm saying? It matters, you know? And I try not to trample on that because I know how important that is. And I think that if you look at all the teams around the NBA or even, even around any sports, like, yo, when the Zardos come back, Cat's going to be in the building. Yeah. And I say that as a guy that was, again, I paid thousands of dollars to show up to watch a bad team just to be there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's yeah. me. You know, so like, yeah. Where's this coming back? We all going to be there? Absolutely, we going to be in the building. You know, and like, I'm there as much for everybody else as I'm there to see the team winning the games because, you know, we know. But like, that's, that's why I say all the time, D.C. is a basketball town. It's not about the top flight. You look at the women's game, you look at the kids' game, you look at the participation game overall, everybody plays or is associated with basketball. You know what I'm saying? That makes a basketball town. It's not just how good your NBA team is. Yeah, especially that um that KD, you know, that Kevin Durant uh, documentary that, that came out last you know last summer. It's right. in the water. It's yeah. in the water. Right. It's in the water, man. Like right. people didn't know, like a lot of standouts, even like, you know, like former like legend players they came out from from dc or the dmv so i mean people didn't know in terms of who y'all are dealing with but we all know yeah Dude, we all know you know, like, we all know we all know you know, like if you from dc and you step into like a media room or you step into a situation and people ask you something about about basketball they know you know something you know what i'm saying whether or not you were d1 or whatever whatever cats know like are you from dc you know what basketball is plainly and that's a that's something I try to make sure people understand. And something I also try to be rather vigilant about, you know, like don't mess up the reputation. You know what I'm saying? You know what's going on with these hoops. Don't get too crazy about the wizards of all people. You know what I mean? Like we got a lot more basketball going on. That's stupid. Oh, yeah. Team, you know? yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this still got a long ways to go, but so far, you know, that seven game winning streak, it is not bad. It's not bad. Not you know, bad. I haven't done it not in bad. a long time, which is good, but. Winning is better than losing. That's what I say all the time. Yeah. You know, it uh, it cures, you know, winning cures a lot of things. So it's nice to have that recognition, especially with like the national media. They're recognizing, oh, what is this one seven in a row? And then Charles Barkley said that, you know, you know, I don't want to, I would pay this to see Russell Westbrook play, you know, (laughs) that kind of stuff. I mean, it's cool to have that kind of, you know, a little publicity. Wizards Twitter is too concerned about what the national, national media thinks. That's a separate discussion. But I'm going to say this. Wizards Twitter, be yourselves, okay? Be yourselves, because nobody else can do it better than you. That's how it works. Forget the national media. I say that as a charter member of Wizards Twitter. There you go. Who's now in the national media. Don't worry about the rest, all right? Do your thing. That's why it works, okay? I'm being dead serious about that. No layups here. Like like Clinton said, no layups. Straight no just layups. dunk it, man. Just dunk <laughs> like, it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to go on your things about who y'all care about? Do it. Do it. And I might be somebody to jump on your head. But I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, And that's the thing. Like, If you're going to be a fan, be a fan. 
If you're gonna be in media, be in the media. But like we all from DC, so let's let's yeah. rock it, you know. For sure, for sure. All right. So um well, we're almost done here. Appreciate your pay your um your time. So um switching to from um you know the NBA to, to football. So like what's your expectations for the Washington football uh team this upcoming season? Bro, you think I care about the Washington football team? <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean to flip, but like let me tell you what I don't care about. Number one is anything having to do with Daniel M. Snyder. Number two, anything having to do with Daniel M. Snyder. And I'm being <laughs> sort of funny, but like, I mean, look, if you want a real analysis, here's the deal. You win the division last year. Team is I quarterback situation disaster and Fitzpatrick and you're like okay you got a first base schedule now a herky-jerky quarterback situation and that's it so yeah have fun have fun on Sundays at Landover like I don't that team sucks and I don't like that team and the owners and like I don't root for them anymore they were the first step in how I removed myself from a lot of DC stuff and just toxicity. Like, sorry, you're you're never gonna get an answer from me that does not tell you exactly that. Like, till Dan leaves, can't bang with him. Just can't. Yeah. You know, like we can talk. We can we can we can chalk talk to the, the team. And I get it. I'm not like, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not completely out. I mean, like I understand. I watch football. And I hang out with my friends. But like, if you think that team is gonna succeed as long as that guy's leading the squad, come on, son, be smart. <laughs> Yeah. Be smarter. I know. I know it's hard not to do when you're around. Trust, trust your boy knows. All right, but like it's 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 it sucks, man. It sucks. They're the worst. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I made up Ashburnistan. Ashburnistan is a term that I made up off just a whim because you know a once proud nation that was ruined by the greed and avarice of small men. That's what the definition of Ashburnistan is. Cool there it is. That's, that, that, <laughs> there that's it. it. That's it. Clint, yeah. you know, the, the speaking the truth. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, last question for us. Well, second to the last question. So, you know, come I, on I wanna... now. The second to the last question. I'm gonna teach y'all something. The word you have to use is there is penultimate. Penultimate means second to the last. Next time you ask somebody else that, say penultimate. I got penultimate. you. Cool. All right. So, uh, you know, pretty much uh, all the greatest D.C. sports uh, athletes, you know, that came out. Um, do you think Alex Ovechkin is now the greatest D.C. sports athlete? Yeah. I, 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 I'm only exhaling because, like, Alex did it when he didn't – I'm not going to say he didn't know any better, but, like, Alex showed up and was like – Alex would have done that in whatever city he would have been in. Mm. We were lucky as D.C. fans that Sasha, as I call him, came to the district. It would have happened in any town in America. I mean, the over-the-head goal with the old blue jerseys, all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that guy was that guy, that guy was a hockey superstar off rip, you know? And there was no way it wasn't going to happen, at least in my opinion. But when I think about, like, other guys, I think about the Sean Taylors of the world, you know, and on some level, thinking about AI, you know, as as a, as a Hoya, and I, I like there's different levels of connectivity. Ovechkin was always going to be the man because he was just that good. 
you know, and I'm so happy that they got the cup. And I'll never forget, man, dude, I, I, I went to Vegas for the first games out there. I was like, I mean, personal, like we're, we're going to Vegas. My boy, shots to Christophe, um, at Chitwer on uh, Twitter, since y'all do that. He, <laughs> the second, the second they beat the Bolts in the ECF in the conference finals, I got a text that said, I bought plane tickets, you get game tickets. And I was like, bro, like, we're going. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I had never been to Vegas before, and we went to Vegas for that. And, like, it was dope, you know? And so, like, that's, again, the experience thing that I'm telling you about, like, these Caps fans don't want to act like the franchise is supposed to have this, that, and the third and forever. Like, yo, come on, y'all. You saw the best thing you're ever going to see. Like... You know, like, I'm not mad at it at all. Like, that guy is arguably the best Russian that ever played the game. And that's a yeah. serious discussion, you yeah. know. But he's certainly, certainly the best capital of all time. And it's not close. Not at close. all. Yep. At all. You know, and I love it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy I got to see it because – I don't know, man. Like I've been, a, I've been, a, I've been a DC sports fan for a long time. That that one was a good one. That one was a really, really good one. You know, I was really happy about that. I cried a lot, <laughs> for sure. Whereas for the Nats, I was just screaming a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah. So what was that? So do you think you know just having one cup with OV? Do you think are you contented just having him just win one? Or do yeah, you think- I mean, what are we talking about? Like, if you live your life and you get to see your favorite team in a particular sport or league win one, you're good. Win- well, no, I mean, like, what I mean, like, I don't know what, like, you guys' lives are like in general, but, like, I'm a sports writer. I care about sports a lot. But, like, the concept of rings is not, like, the definition of my existence. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I got to see my favorite teams win it. The one time it happened was awesome as hell. Like, sorry. I mean, I know that I got to experience it on a different level because of my job, but, like, sorry, that plays into it. I'm like, I don't need to – I mean – I'm going to root for it, but, like, if I never see it again, it doesn't mean that I never saw it once, right, you know? Right, right, right. And that's huge to me. You know, I don't I don't watch sports. I don't like sports so that I can brag to other cities about what we did that they didn't do. That's not why I'm into any of this. You know what I'm saying? I watch sports to hang out with my friends and talk good about the squads we like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when you get to do that a couple of different times, bruh, yes, here for that. You know what I mean? It's just great, you know? It's just, it's just, it was really fun, man. It made it easier. It made it easier to, 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 frankly, to move away. You know, the teams I cared about actually won something, and I was like, you know what, yeah. I can. You know, it was great. Very good. It's cool, man. All right, so last question for you, uh, Clinton. Ask yep. us a question. Any question you want to ask? Ask you a question. Any question you want to ask? Where are both of you gentlemen? Where do you get your socks from, and where are you wearing your socks? Uh, for me, I just wear, huh? <laughs> I get my socks from uh, Marshalls. I get uh, <laughs> I get those Nike socks, man. You know, twelve ninety nine. Okay, so you're on the performance level, but you're getting them from Marshalls. Okay, Dan, how you doing? Where you where you get your socks from, man? So I get. Right. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Oh no, no, ready. I got this. I got this. So I just like RJ. I get on um, Marshalls, TJ Maxx. You know what I mean, Ross. Cause you know what I'm saying, like player price, like you know, which we say like we buy them for cheap, like fifty dollars socks. They they sell them for like four ninety nine. You know the dry fit. Let me let me let me let me tell you something about life. 
when your Sox game is something that matters to you in terms of how you handle your feet, your whole life changes. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you take your feet seriously, it's amazing. And y'all know this, you know, playing ball, yada, yada. And I'm not talking about deals or whatever, but just value the comfort of your feet. You know what I'm saying? That shit is so major to me. As a baseball player, bruh, you sliding all over the place. Bruh, running through socks all day, you know? But, like, for me, socks are a vital part of life. My feet connected to my shoes, which are crucial as well. How I get down the road, walking on my feet, socks are crucial. So that's why I asked y'all that question. So, so, what, so what's your recommendation for some socks? Put don't a, worry a, about it. It's called stance. You don't know who the NBA makes socks for? Come on. Man, I love stance. Yeah, I got a bunch of stance. Stance, to be fair, stance makes better performance socks than they make display socks. But everybody knows them for display socks. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Do you know who made, this is the last thing we're going to say before I actually hang up. Do you know who made the socks for the NBA before Stance did? Do you know? Don't lie and say you didn't. Just do you know? I didn't know. Don't Dan? Know. Don't know. It was the company known as Sara Lee. Same oh, company wow. that made the cakes. They were wow. also a textile company. People forget that. Right, right. Look it up. That's crazy. Sara <laughs> Sarah Lee. Lee. Sarah Lee made the old NBA socks. Before Stan's got on. That's dope. <laughs> well, I appreciate my Stan's socks even more now, you know. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> gentlemen. For sure. All right, Clint. So it's it's a it's a pleasure to have you on. You know, you know, we appreciate you, you know. Come on, man. F all that man. I got you. All right. It's cool. All right. Y'all are cool people to me. It's all good. Let's just make sure we post only the audio because I've been annoying on the video and the sun's going. No, you're good, bro. No, you're good. You're good, man. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. This is the Dan and um, Arjun Cheese podcast with Clint Yates. Peace out. Thanks, man. Peace out. All right, boys. Be safe. <laughs>